Underpowered Hour. On this week's show, we talk about consumer reports not wanting you to buy a Land Rover, JLR going electric, a brand new trophy defender, what's going on in the workshops, and Land Rovers in the movies. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the slam gate latch to Steven's anti-burst latch. I'm the unsecured helicopter door of podcasting. Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. After the break, we've had a backlog of news because oh. we have... As we've Lots been away for been a happening while. in the yeah. And there has been many things afoot. So first of all, I thought I would let you know that Consumer Reports doesn't recommend you buy any Land Rover. I honestly think that should be taken with a grain of salt given Consumer Reports history of faking results on automobile testing. Exactly. We had the we had the I don't even remember what kind of car it was. They were putting fireworks on the gas tank to make them explode. <laughs> they realized the Consumer Reports realized at some point that people were really interested when there was like a fatal flaw in a yes. vehicle. Yes. And then the samurai thing where they put oh, yeah. the big booms on the car and they're like yeah. this car is a rollover hazard but it isn't and yeah i don't know consumer reports a little dicey it is a little dicey and now i don't know if that means any land rover that has ever existed or if it just means the current stable i skimmed (laughs) by the article quite frankly i'll wait retroactively we retroactively recommend that you not buy this entire market don't ever buy it now i would have read the article i'm just waiting i'll wait for john to read it to me on an upcoming episode of the center steer podcast and i can (laughs) i can glean everything i need from it from there i just i don't know i agree i think consumer reports is one of those things where i I don't give it too much of a second thought it's it's sensationalist automotive journalism or product (laughs) journalism, right? They're like, will your hair curler burn your house down? (laughs) Next time on Consumer Reports. Let's clickbait sort of thing. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so, exactly. You know what? Hey, maybe common sense would also dictate that you shouldn't buy any Land Rover, but it's not going to stop us because I am, as you know, on a journey to buy every Land Rover. So I'm doing the exact opposite. I look forward to my ironic death in one of these vehicles. No question. <laughs> That's just how it's going to be. Yeah. And then said he died like he lived. Or like in a <laughs> shitty old Land Rover. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's good. So also, uh, your favorite, your favorite Land Rover customizing company, Twisted Automotive. <sighs> Yeah, known for adding no less than three and a half feet of extra width to your Defender, is shifting to an all-staff ownership structure. So they're doing a staff buyout, which is cool. That's a neat thing when when companies, when the I imagine the ownership of the company is either been indicted or yeah. has moved on <laughs> uh, to, to something hey, else. Hey, is he within the employees that control the means of production? It's, yeah. It can be a good thing. Can be a good yeah. thing. Now, I, wonder, I want to know, are they bringing the bumper rope production in-house? 
That's oh, what I yeah, want. Yeah, that's a good. Are they going to get their own loom? Their yeah. own bumper, ropey bumper, weaving rope, loom? Yeah, yeah. 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 Then, uh, it would be good. Really, you got to think about it. If you really want to make a high end twisted Land Rover, you really do have to bring the rope production in house. It's the only way to so. elevate. It's the only way I to do so. it. You can have different colored ropes. You can have like different textures made out of different <laughs> types of hemp. Oh my God. This is going off the rails. You could really, you could really, you could do some nice work there. I'm, you know what? I'm all for it. I think it's a great. Now, in the opposite direction. Yeah, I could be a rope. Con- Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. So, Twisted, if you're looking to, if you're looking to bring on a full time rope consultant, happy to do it. Happy <laughs> Steve, to do it. Feel like I've set up a resume. Yeah, like, just send them a resume for... that's just pictures of your cars with just rope on different the ropes, or just pictures of different <laughs> kinds of rope that just that I own. I could just like a rope sommelier. It's gonna. You've heard about the rope that goes into the bar, and he asks for a drink, and the bartender says, "I don't serve your kind here." And then the rope leaves, and he goes outside, and he messes himself all up, and then he comes back in and tries to order the same drink, and the bartender says, "Wait a minute, are you that piece of rope?" And the rope says. Nah, I'm afraid not. Ah, oh boy, classic Ike humor. Yeah, yeah, that's what the people pay for. Is the you're gonna cut that the, out, aren't you? Oh, we'll make it a Patreon exclusive, maybe. Yeah, we'll make it a Patreon exclusive. Speaking of afraid nots, the fine people at Jaguar Land Rover, in an article, have said that they are planning to add at least, at least six pure electric variants to be part of the Land Rover portfolio. Starting They're, in 2024, not next year, but the year after. That's actually is, pretty soon to have six. Yeah, they're predicating this plan on the on the idea that they will receive more computer chips. I feel exactly. like those cars are going to need chips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By then, I'm sure the chips thing will be worked out, question mark. Yeah, we'll see. It's interesting because, I mean, the Range Rover is going to be the first full electric, the big full fat Range Rover, which is it next year or is it 24? So I think it's 24, isn't it, that, that they were doing the full fat Range Rover? I, I think so. Yeah. I think something like that. So they're like, not just the Range Rover, but six others. How many Land Rover models are there right now? Can you add six? That's basically got to be one of every one, right? They could, I don't know how they're calculating the six, but it could be like the Range Rover Sport and the Range Rover Sport EV squared and yeah, the Range Rover yeah. Sport EV squared black and the Range yeah. Rover EV Sport squared black astronaut and so on three different trim packet yeah it's just different interiors that's a good point that's very likely what it's probably going to be i can't imagine they're going to have six different totally different cars i I don't think so and 60 percent by 2030 apparently so that seems a little more realistic 60 percent of the cars but what doesn't make sense is if you're going to have six cars in 2024 but only 60 percent will be so nothing will happen between 24 and 30 i don't know i'm sure they got i'm sure they got a a roadmap for their ev rollout yeah that we are not privy to but also i have the sense that this is one of those things that people in government do they make a plan that's far enough out that they will be out of office before it can ever be be enacted they're like "Eh, that's the next guy's problem it's not going to be terry Bellary's problem that's for sure it's gonna be somebody else probably not it's gonna be somebody else now something that is right around the corner and is controversially very cool is the new land rover trophy works v8 defender 
or Defender V8 Works or whatever they call it. This one, unlike the original trophy from last year or the year before, where it was Sand Glow, now I think they're calling it Eastner Yellow, but the sort of Camel Trophy-esque looking Defender, this is quite different. This is this is much more like if Oakley made a Land Rover in that it is the black and gray and white camouflage over the entire car, but it's not the breakup pattern as this is not, I don't think, intended for duck hunting. Instead, the camo is made up of the silhouettes of important Land Rover places and tiny little Land Rovers, tiny little Defenders. It's like a it's like a photo collage if you're trying to picture it. It's like a photo collage that looks like a winter camo. I would yeah, say. Is that, is that very, fair to say? Yeah, I agree. I agree. It looks like a villain in a Bond film where uh, they have to ski into some secret hideout and it's being patrolled by wintry camo machine gun toting guys. This is like the car they would drive, I think. Yeah, true. It's interesting. It's interesting that they continued the trophy name on it, which is, I thought that was to mimic the camel trophy thing, but now it's a camo thing and still a trophy thing. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to maybe they're trying to bridge that gap between the just like a whole yearly edition that they offer and they're like, hey, where can we take this? I'm interested in knowing where they keep coming up with these defenders. A car they haven't made since 2016. I think the answer to that. I, I think we saw the, the origins of those vehicles. Yeah, it is. It is interesting. They do have a, they do have a big bin of of Land Rovers out back. These will be both 90 and 110 models and some double cab pickups as well. They're only going to make, yeah, they're going to make a double cut, which is really cool. They're only going to make 25 of them, though. So if you want one, they will only make 25. And like I said, there is uh, important Land Rover places, tiny defenders that make up the camo, and also one tiny Ike. It's on there. It's on there, but it's in a different place on every vehicle. On every one. Yeah, it's been hand applied to each car individually, hidden somewhere deep in the camo, tiny Ike. It's true. Well, it is. And if you wanted your own Tiny Ike, you could simply head to the Underpowered Hour store, order one up, and uh, you can hide Tiny Ikes uh, wherever. I will be at your door in two to three days. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You put them wherever wherever you want. Speaking of putting Tiny Ike wherever you want, how are things up there at the old Pangolin 4x4? Besides moving, the constant onslaught of moving the workshop, what, uh, what cars have you got in the hopper? Man, we have been working on your old bug eye that oh, yeah. has, is at the shop. The Our good friends, the Yaps, who have come on the show a couple times, purchased that from you, and they yep. had ordered a slew of improvements and upgrades to that vehicle, and Mm-hmm. We're pretty much on the downhill slope with that car. The bug eye, for those of you that don't know, is transitional model here in the United States between the headlights in the grill models in 1968. They ceased making those. Mm-hmm. And the 1969 models with the sunken headlights and the fenders. There for a minute, they didn't have the pressing or the tooling done. Mm-hmm. And so they built a few hundred of these bug eye models that have the headlights standing proud on the fenders and those cars are are unusual as a transitional model but they only came as a hard top and so the apps wanted a unique soft top mm-hmm. vehicle mm-hmm. and so we converted the hard top to a soft top with a hoop set on it new canvas tailgate went through and made it a fair weather summer car and it's going to be great it's super nice we changed the 15 inch wheels that were on the car originally to 16s put some nice new xls on there and uh, made it a little more landery. That if you don't, if you remember, the cappings were painted on your car, and yeah, that was visually yeah. one of the letdowns of that vehicle. So now all the cappings are freshly galvanized, so it looks a little more traditional landery, 
And I think it's going to be a great car for them. Oh, I'm yeah, excited. for sure. Oh, yeah. And I think it's a, they're going to use the car. They they have a bunch of different, uh, really exciting, interesting cars, and uh, they definitely use them. They go on trips in them and stuff. And uh, yeah, no, I'm looking so forward. It's actually so nice now. I want it back. I might have to reach out to <laughs> Nolan and see if we might have to we might have to work out a, work out yeah. a deal because, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all those things that you talk about doing and oh, I don't have time for it. And we've got so much stuff going on here that it just kept getting pushed into the background and and sent it up to you to honestly, just because I have a lot of storage. Nolan fell in love with it and his dad fell in love with it. And and they're hopefully going to be, I think they definitely will be very happy cruising around the Portland area with, with that the car and out in the summer. And yeah, it's going to be really cool. It's a neat one. Yeah, I'm excited about it. But it's inspired uh, yeah. me to yeah, actually get on putting the soft top on my Series 3. That's so. We're uh, we're working on that one. We're working on a 57 Series 188 factory nice. red car. That's a really neat one. And nice. about to put the rebuilt engine in the last Series 1 wagon, the Duke. So mm. we're getting fired up to do that. Got a diesel conversion that we're mm. finishing. Owner's going to pick that up, I think, at the end of next week, maybe. But yeah, lots going on in the shop. But tying up some of these projects uh, so that we get them out of the way before the big shift happens to the new warehouse space and we're trying to do a bunch of upgrades to that space as well so yeah a lot yeah. a lot going on i think the swedish style full nude sauna is probably my favorite part of the it's show. interesting that you mentioned that because that's what i picture every time somebody puts a wooden floor in the back of a land rover to cover up all the dents i'm like yeah. are they gonna put a sauna in the back of that thing <laughs> yeah you get the little rocks in there and get the little scoop at the water and uh, a bunch of naked old dudes it'll be yeah. great Oh, absolutely. Uh, no no <laughs> Land Rover restoration is complete with a bunch of, without a bunch of naked old dudes in the back. That's, I'll tell you that much. They're cavalier right. about their towel placement. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, everybody's friends here. We're in the sauna. It's a family experience. That's going to be great. I'm, I can't wait for the new shop. We're going to have to do some, some major social media tours and all that sort of business once Shop 2 is all ready to go. We're going to we do a segment on setting up a shop. That would be a, that would be a great segment. We're variously looking at all kinds of different floor coating options oh, and yeah. placement of machines and three-phase power and all these fun things. So that would be a fun show to talk about that stuff. We've recently got a, on an off topic, but to similar, Eyes and I purchased a, an overlanding trailer, one of those little trailers with the rooftop tent on the top and the awning and the kitchen that pulls out and all that sort of stuff. But we got one that's sort of 50% done, and then we're going to do a bunch of, of additional stuff to it. And so we've been doing the same thing, like furiously researching YouTube videos on like people, if you want a rooftop tent, the, 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 you should have this. It's just alien. Again, we were just at Rooftop Tent Expo. If only we had, <laughs> had done the research there, but it would have been helpful. But uh, there's so many opinions on YouTube, and it's pretty hard. It's yeah, pretty hard. Have you good. seen the uh, the T-shirt that says uh, "YouTube Certified Mechanic"? <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I feel very seen. I feel like that's uh... well, not much going on in our shop here except hardcore Rebel Rally prep all day, every day. As the that's Defender awesome. goes through major, major not restoration. It's more like preparing an airplane for a cross-channel flight, and the we're going through and making sure that it has now an upgraded racing grade cooling system so that the car can stay nice and cool except as soon as you turn on the air conditioning it overheats but i don't think it does i think that there's Is a ground the fault in the air conditioning system the i gauge? think it's more sinister than that i don't think it's just the gauge i don't think it's just the gauge anyways we have a madman from australia the uh, just a madman generally from australia mm -hmm. who's coming in hopefully he can help us but uh, no we have a madman gauge which is the rally car emc essentially it's a bunch of different sensors that uh, that you can place all over the place so two different temp sensors it's a sensor uh, array 
It is a sensor array. We reconfigured the deflector dish to emit a tachyon burst. The <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna we'll get dual temperature from that. We'll get all kinds of different actual finite readings. And the nice thing about their setup, the Madman gauge is it isolates its sensors from everything else in the car. So its power, its ground and 12 volts that comes into it, it uses to power the computer, but it actually isolates the sensors and their grounds away from everything else. So even if there is a ground fault in the car, if there's something crazy, the gauge still reads correctly because it is totally a closed loop unto itself. So that will tell us once and for all. Is the What's car happening? overheating? Is the yeah. car overheating? Yeah. Nothing's exploded, so I think we're okay. That's important. Okay. Are they sponsoring? Are they sponsored? They should. They should. Yeah. I'm going to cut this out if they don't. I'm going to reach out to them. <laughs> if they say no, I'm cutting all this out. I'm cutting all this Smart. Out. Smart. Yeah, you should tell them that when you ask. I'm going to. If I'm you don't. Like, listen, we've already recorded it, and I can just <laughs> as easily hit delete. I can do it. But uh, yeah, and we got Ted up and running. The, the Nada Series 2A what is a running car. like a top, tuned up so nice with a brand new distributor in it and a little bit of timing adjustment. And yeah, I was out driving it not that long ago. And that's like one of my favorite cars. It might be my favorite I, car. I certainly right now, it's my favorite go. car. Certainly my favorite car. Right it's now. one of my favorite cars that I've ever had. That's a great car. It's a great car. I really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, and it's great. It's a nice, on a nice hot day, still runs nice and cool. The gauge is 100% in the red, but it doesn't work. So it's fine. Those things are so finicky, those original electronic or electric gauges. I'm not a fan. I'm a capillary man. I I think the next upgrade we'll do on Ted will be to put in a proper set of mechanical gauges and just ignore that stupid uni gauge. That thing is total garbage. We're going to take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor. And now back to the show. So in conclusion of today's episode, we have one of everybody's second most favorite segments, the uh, (laughs) Land Rovers in the movies. So this week's Land Rover in the movies is the unbearable weight of massive talent with none other than Nicolas Cage. In this movie, uh, Nicolas Cage plays himself. It's a fun caricature sort of character piece. And he is brought to a Pacific Island and antics ensue. There's some some great additional actors in it. And the biggest thing, of course, for us is that there is a very custom Land Rover Defender that they drive throughout the film. Pedro Pascal, who is Nicolas Cage's co-star and plays, uh, for all of you who I'm sure will go out and see the movie immediately, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but Pedro Pascal's character drives this uh, Land Rover Defender around this island, and that's uh, very cool. It's got some interesting mods. It has a swinging tailgate and has a door-style tailgate. It has that that mod kit that turns it from a from a drop-down tailgate into a mm-hmm. door-style uh, hinge the kit. two-way hinge, yeah. Yeah, the two-way hinge. It has all of the roofing is completely deleted and so it's just the windshield and then the totally open sort of beach runner and it's uh, it's painted in a color that's akin to the the sort of early series early series one green the sort of a pastel green but not exactly the pastel green of the heritage defender it's a it's something a little different i think i don't know but it may be custom painted for the film probably just a car that someone had that they either had rented or that was maybe procured specifically for the film but it's pretty cool it it does get into a high-speed chase at one point which is pretty comical did they just uh, speed up the film 
Must have. There's <laughs> must have. It is skidding around corners. It's hilarious. I've driven the V8 Works uh, Defender and some mm-hmm. of those, and even those cars we don't do the kinds of things that this car did in the film. So I'm not sure if it has its original Land Rover engine in it or, or anything. It looked like a Land Rover drivetrain. It was sitting about the right height and everything, but it's so big a part of the film. It's even on the poster. Looks That's like cool. Yeah. yeah. No, I'll have to fun. check that out. I'm excited to see that. Yeah, it's a pretty fun movie. It's I watched it on the plane back from, I think, coming back from Europe. It was yep. uh, it was good, though. Yeah, it was That's pretty cool. A, quite a career resurgence for Mr. Cage. It wasn't that long ago where he was starring in a film about a haunted pizza parlor where he, like, fought with, a, like, demonic Chuck E. Cheese characters. That was, yeah. like, three years ago, maybe. That wasn't that long ago. It wasn't, it wasn't that, long, that ago. long ago. And the funny thing is, in the movie, he talks about how, again, it's it is him, but it's a little bit of a caricature of him. But uh, but they talk about just doing every movie, like never saying no to any movie, which certainly for the last few years, Nicolas Cage has been saying yes to everything. Yeah, know? no doubt. He's been saying yes to everything. So I don't know how close to real life this film is, but I think it's closer than you did. It's closer than anyone would care to admit. But, <laughs> but it was good. It was good. And a great and like throughout the movie, great great Defender stuff. It had a leather-wrapped dash and all that sort of stuff. So it was done up somewhere, almost a little like Arconic-y looking thing. I don't think it was an actual Arconic car, but it was nice. It was cool. It was a cool looking Defender and and they used it a ton. They drove it off-road a bunch. They got into a high-speed chase. People got shot. It was... It's all a big fan. I think I like a good movie. So as always, we've got great stuff up on the underpowered hour store. If you haven't visited lately and you'd maybe like to procure one of your own tiny Ikes so that you can start your own camouflage pattern (laughs) defender, not sure that that will fetch quite the price that the Land Rover factory one will. But you never know until you try. We suggest adding a tiny Ike to every Land Rover that you own and maybe to your home or others' homes. You visit people, <laughs> leave Tiny Ike behind. Wait till this year, the Tiny Steven's going to come out. <laughs> yeah, we're, we, the, the boys in the lab are hard at work on the yeah, Tiny Steven. They're Steven. shrinking you it's down. Hard. They're it's getting hard. all the details right. They've got the DNA sample. They've got the yeah. cloning machine yeah. turned up. It's going to be yeah. great. Yeah, it's pretty hard when all you do is wear jeans and a black T-shirt every day. It's much harder to iconize. So I made it extra difficult for everyone, but so they're working away on it. And if you don't mind, as Liza asked me to ask all of you fine people every episode, if you like the show, why not head over to the old Apple podcasts and leave a review rating? We prefer five stars. If you think four stars, maybe send us an email first. Just you say, this is me five stars. But for the constant talk about Tiny Ikes, it's getting to us. If you don't feel like leaving a positive review, then again, maybe a different podcast. Head on over to uh, Joe Rogan. You could give him, I don't care, whatever. I don't think he's going to get hurt by a negative review. But we would appreciate it if you wouldn't mind uh, heading on over and giving us giving us a five-star. For uh, every five-star review, Stephen's mom will call you personally it's and true. wish you happy birthday. On your happen. birthday. Yeah. Like it or not, you can't, again, you can't <laughs> opt out of that. He's just going to do it. And if you're out on the internet, speaking of podcasts, and and you haven't yet listened to the last few episodes of Rover Talk, our very good friends, Ivan and Dan over there at Rover Talk, they went up and looked at Alpine Joe, that crazy series car with the Alpine Joe logos and everything on the uh, on the side of it. Great episode about that. So going to this dealer that had it and all the crazy things about it. Very interesting car. Very strange car. 
And uh, yeah, they've got some great episodes, great, interesting stuff about the market. If you're interested at all about the Land Rover market, be it online, bring a trailer, things like that, or uh, bringing cars in, they are fantastic and uh, they do a great job. And we love Ivan and Dan and uh, we're going to do something stupid with them at some point. We're going to get it together. We're going to do a collaboration, a Land Rover podcast universe collaboration of some kind. It's like when the Globetrotters meet Scooby-Doo. It's going to be just like that. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. And great, great feedback. I forgot to mention in the last episode, but great feedback from having our good friend Will Hendrick again on the show. It was a classic episode replay, but lots of people hadn't heard it. And so we'll have to have to get Will on the show again, because last I talked to him, there's a big crackdown again on imported defenders. It sounds like the government is is again on the on the warpath when it comes to imported defenders because that's certainly darn you joe biden (laughs) (laughs) that's the biggest the biggest thing facing our country right now is illegally imported defenders god forbid so yeah so we'll have to have will back on again that was a very good yeah good feedback on that and yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of actually movements within state governments to rescind the registrations of different types of vehicles sometimes it's for emissions sometimes it's for various ideas about what should be on the roads i know that Maine rescinded the registrations of japanese mini trucks and some other types of japanese cars got caught up in that and so people bought these cars like 10 years ago they've been driving around and then they get letter in the mail like what? I can't drive my <laughs> yeah, car. What, what Why? are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then I think uh, New Jersey, I read that they are cracking down on people that are deleting emissions equipment from their cars. So mm. they advertise their car on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or what have you. And they say that their car's been deleted or chipped or whatever and uh, converting it back to having all emissions equipment. But sometimes this sends them a rescindment of their registration. And that means that they can't sell it either without it. very costly can cost tens of thousands of dollars to put wow. catalysts in it and yeah. you revert the software back and all these sorts of things. So basically it, it makes it trash. You can't drive it on the street and you can't sell it and you either sell it out of state or you scrap it. It's pretty crazy. It's really interesting. Who knows how that could play out in the future? People are like, yeah. oh, I don't like your car. Resend your registration. There you go. I'm glad that's what we're focusing on as a country. <laughs> as a country. Yeah. Getting those Japanese mini trucks off the road. God forbid. It's yeah, it's school shootings, and then uh, yeah. I think the Japanese mini trucks. That's right. Yeah, that, in that well, and, and sometimes not even in that order. I uh, <laughs> it, what it does mean is that I am just one step farther away from my dream of driving a Jimny here in the California. Oh, man, those things are amazing. I That's can't wait I to want. get one. We're, we're going to get one. We got to get one. We're going to bring it in. I think if we do the little D conversion kit on it, we might just confuse the border enough. To get it passed. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to bring in an illegal vehicle and register it as something that is inviting <laughs> tremendous scrutiny. <laughs> it's perfect. Wait. Yeah. That's like putting, tra- that's like yeah. putting your exotic pet inside a brick of cocaine to bring it in the United States. <laughs> and then wrapping that in salami. So then, yeah, exactly. And packing it inside of fruit and vegetables and then just It'll carrying it onto the airplane. It'll yep. be fine. That's exactly. I think it's just, it's enough things together that it would throw them off. They're like, this is too much paperwork to deal with this. Just go. 
That's my hope. That's my hope. <laughs> That's actually happened to me. I should talk about that in another yeah, show. I've been pulled over in a Land Rover and they like, what about this? What about that violation? What about this violation? <laughs> Finally, they were like, you know what? This is too much work. Just don't get in an accident. <laughs> Just don't ever get in an accident. That's fine. It doesn't really go fast enough. Thank, thank right. you, officer. Thank you. Thank you, officer. I appreciate it. Okay. At that, it's, it's been a slice as always. And uh, looking forward to, again, we've got some great guests coming up here in the next oh, uh, yeah. few weeks. So Ooh. good. Oh, boy. Oh boy, we have got we've got much higher class podcast level guests than we deserve on this level. It's a pretty low bar, really. It isn't. It is very low. Barely, barely <laughs> listened to, and certainly never appreciated. But Make the Land Rover chatbot. <laughs> <laughs> we have enough samples of Iconine now that oh, yeah. I think we can just deep fake us. I think so. That's good. And it AI. will be better. It will, the AI <laughs> deepfake will be much be better. better. Much, much better. <laughs> much. We all All right. Know See all you right, next sir. time, Stephen. Bye for now. The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.